howdy duty people. Y'all are duty people. Not you guys. There's people who are listening to us who are duty people. I just want to recognize you. They never get recognized. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire. This is a special side quest episode of Barf. Backlog Accomplishments with Respawn and Friends, where we pick a game that we should have played maybe earlier in our lives or that as a classic or that we just wanted to have fun and experience again. And we play it all together as a community. Yes, I'm moving my camera. Please don't throw up while you watch. Um... Hi everyone, I'm Chad Michael Linus. We have our other co-host here, Holden Carrots Depardo. <laughs> Hi, you can just call me Carrots. I just go by Carrots. Oh, good old Carrots. I'm going to call you Karen the Carrot. Oh my. <laughs> and also joining us here is frequent contributor, occasional guest, Dusty Hill. Hello, Dusty. Hello, it's me. I'm Dusty Hill. I How are you today? All the things you said. You. That is correct. And I don't know if you all know this. You don't, because I just decided you don't. Dusty can see Mexico from his house right now. Yes, I can. I called him, <laughs> what, the Latin America Sarah Palin is what I said. Yes, unfortunately, but yes. Is that offensive? <laughs> <laughs> I think I it's just offensive to associate someone with Sarah Palin. I, yes, that, that's what I'm going to go with. I think it's also... It's more also offensive to Sarah Palin than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> what?! You're saying it's offensive to Sarah Palin for being associated with Dusty? Yeah, come on. No, 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 no. That's like the only thing you'd remember her for is that she can see Russia from her house. She has so oh. many amazing accomplishments, Chad. <laughs> oh, like that book. Uh, uh, but we're not yeah, here to talk about Sarah Palin. that book that no one can remember the name of. This is not the to Sarah be clear, Palin I'm being podcast. facetious. <laughs> uh, Holden's being fascist. We are oh, here to talk about Resident <laughs> Evil 4. Resident <laughs> Evil 4, uh, which is a game that came out way back when. Do you guys remember the, uh, am I saying this, Game g game Cubby? Game? What? <laughs> game Cubby? That's a, that's a gay bar somewhere, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> Originally released on the GameCube um, as part of, this is something new that I didn't realize. I did not realize this was part of something called the Capcom 5. Are you familiar with the Capcom 5? No. No, I haven't heard that before. The Cap it sounds Cup like 5. a terrible DC comic. It does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Capcom 5 was apparently five games that Capcom committed to releasing only on the GameCube. They were going to be exclusive partnerships that they made with Nintendo to be only on the GameCube. Mm. The five games were PN03, whatever the hell that was, Ooh. Beautiful Joe, Dead Phoenix, Resident Evil 4, and Killer7. I had no idea that was a thing. Neither did I, and didn't work, so, apparently. <laughs> apparently didn't work. <laughs> um, Basically, they got five games. Nintendo was adamant they get Resident Evil 4. It's like, if we give you Resident Evil 4, we're going to give you five, like, uh, four other crappy games no one cares about. <laughs> you can't give you a bunch of good games. <laughs> uh, so, Resident Evil 4 was announced as part of the Capcom 5. It was ported, obviously, to just about everything, including Nintendo Switch and iOS in a, a not comprehensive, not good version of that game. It was available on iOS for a short time. Uh, it has sold over 10 million copies across all of its platforms. Um, let's get into some little, some little specific things about it. It garnered critical acclaim and was widely considered one of the best video games ever made. Mm. It won multiple Game of the Year awards, including from... Uh, hold on, I have that here. I have it from... Spike Video Game Awards, so what was the VGAs and then eventually became the Game Awards. Uh, Nintendo Power gave it Game of the Year, and Game Informer gave it Game of the Year that year. It got 9.8 out of 10 on IGN. It got a 9.6 on GameSpot. 
10 out of 10 on Edge Magazine. Got an A in social studies on (laughs) (laughs) 1UP.com. And it currently sits at a 96 out of 100 on Metacritic for the GameCube version, the original release version. Uh, So this game, a lot of people really, really liked. It did a lot (laughs) as well. It it, uh, popularized the -the over-the-shoulder third-person view. This was one of the very first games that ever did that which was a departure from the standard fixed camera views of previous Resident Evils. Uh, in its first 20 days, it sold 320 copies, which was quite an accomplishment back then in 2005. It was pretty good, especially for a third-party game that was exclusive to one platform. Uh, it was then ported. Famously, the director of the game said he would cut off his head with a chainsaw if this game ever was on any other platform than GameCube. And <laughs> less than a year after its release, it came to PlayStation 2 with new content. Huh. Yes. It's also been on more consoles than Skyrim. By like a lot. Yeah. So is that true? Wasn't it on the Ouya? Oh yeah. I guess it has been on an, an extra generation <laughs> of consoles that Skyrim was not on. But it did not mm-hmm. come to Alexa. Resident Evil 4 is not playable on Alexa. Damn. But Skyrim also wasn't playable on mobile and Resident Evil 4 was. Ah nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> so it sold really well. People really liked it. And get this. It is oh, I don't know if this actually still holds up. At the time of Wikipedia existing in this article. It is the second best-selling Resident Evil game. Um, But it does hold the record in the 2012 Guinness World Records Gamers Edition of being the best-selling survival horror game. Hmm. So there's a little bit about Resident Evil 4 and its history. I would love to talk about our history with Resident Evil 4 briefly and then get into what we thought of the game, etc., etc. Dusty, as the guest... Yes. One. First, tell me what kind of cool stuff that you do because you do a lot of really cool stuff, and I totally forgot to throw it to you at the beginning of this podcast <laughs> to do that. So it's okay. Take a pause from Resident Evil. Tell us about yourself, your podcasts, etc. Please. Uh, yeah. So Dusty Hill, uh, Dust Letter E Hill, Dustin um, Extra Hill. Uh, I run currently Shouting in Place, which is a podcast that lets you shout into the void, know nothing will shout back, which the long short of it is, I have really awesome people on uh, almost every week. Missed this week. A lot of stuff moving on. Um, and we talk about just stuff that primarily what we've been doing during quarantine, but it's also now gone to like just new hobbies we're doing, stuff that we've been keeping busy with, how we're just dealing with the whole world situation right now, which is a whole other bag of beans. Um, but yeah, uh, with that, uh, I'm also doing really cool fundraisers every month. Uh, first month was just mine for Doctors Without Borders. That one did fantastic. Last month had the fantastic uh, pleasure of going, the fantastic pleasure of doing a collab with Difficulty Class with Trevor and Allie. We did that for two fundraisers. It was um, Black Table Artists and Brain Fart, Color of Change. Uh, both crushed a $100 goal for both different shirts. And this week, this week, well, yes, this week, but also this month, we're doing one with responding fire we're raising money for extra life which is uh, another cool thing how do you find Uh, so much time to be such a big person and (laughs) and how do you do it all Uh, you are constantly just like shouting out people you're recommending things you are raising money for charity you're doing so much good in this world when most people struggle to like i don't know pick up a piece of trash on the sidewalk as they walk by it it's mainly i just 
I look at all these really awesome people and all the awesome stories and all the awesome stuff that everyone's doing and like even people that don't have like podcasts or do whatever online. I just like talking to people and I, I think I said I have a lot of stuff to say, but not always have something to talk about. So having people on and then just bring these new conversations and help people see has been super awesome. I've had a lot of cool people. I'm going to be having a lot of cool people on in the future. And like, I don't know, doing something in this world right now is making me feel better about myself with all the crazy shit happening, to put it lightly. Um, and just, just a teaser for you all, for this month's fundraiser, it's not the last one. I actually have fundraisers planned till the end of the year which is super exciting. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, that, that fundraiser going for extra life through the end of September. Uh, you have that many weeks, however that is from now, whenever you're listening to this to go buy our very first piece of merch it is a respawn named fire shirt. It's got our logo. It's got the text on it. it looks pretty slick. Yeah. Available in a ton of really sexy colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and, thank uh, you Jesse for setting that up. Yeah. And just a shout out for that one as well. We've already passed the goal of a hundred bucks. We're currently at 126 all going to extra life which is fucking awesome um, hell yeah that's badass yeah and we have until the end of the month so who knows what will happen i uh i want to call out that you are saying all of these really great things and charity and all that kind of stuff while this horrific monster with nails sticking out of its face is on the screen behind you <laughs> not on your wall on the stream it's okay um, we've got some stuff in the background <laughs> resident evil 4 related so speaking of resident evil 4 now that i've i've allowed you to catch up Dusty, what's your history with Resident Evil 4? I played the shit out of this game. Um, I didn't play it on GameCube because I didn't have a GameCube. Uh, I played it on PS2, actually. Um, and specifically, I actually borrowed it from my cousin over the course of one summer because I didn't I didn't really buy a lot of new games for the PS2. I got them either from GameStop, the, the local swap meet, um, or my cousin. Um and so for the course of one summer, me and my nephew, my nephew was like only two years younger than me at the time. We played Resident Evil 4 nonstop until we beat it probably about six times, um, unlocking everything, including in all the mercenary modes, which I haven't even got to touch to in this playthrough around. Um, but it's a good game. Very good game. Nice. Holden, what's your history with Resident Evil 4? So I can't remember when I played it, but I played it at some point in the past, like before we even started doing the podcast. And I could, I got to, it was in chapter four when you're in the, the room with the two trolls and the mm. lava pit in the middle of it. And I, for some reason, could never make it past it. I don't remember why, but I managed to get the one in the lava pit and then could never beat the second one. And I just like, ah, fuck it, I'm done with the game. <laughs> um, but I've always wanted to go back to it, especially after I beat Resident Evil 7 when that came out, which was phenomenal. Resident Evil 2 remake, which was even more fucking phenomenal than another game that came out a year later that's not meant worth mentioning. <laughs> Resident Evil um, 3 was not that bad. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, it, is, it is better than um, Resident Evil 4. And so, sorry, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so that's kind of my history with Resident Evil, like, even just as a whole. I played this game. I did not play it on GameCube, just like Dusty. I was not a GameCube kid. We were an Xbox family at that time. Mm. Um, I played it for the very first time in high school on the Wii when the Wii version came out. That was my first experience with it. And huh. I played it with my best friend over at his house, and we just we would just stay up all night and play it. And like you, Dusty, we were like, we'd try to unlock everything, go through all the Ada missions, get the typewriter, all this kind of stuff. So, um, 
yeah, I, I played the shit out of it as a kid, and I haven't touched it since. So mm -hmm. this was my first time playing it on PS. I played it on PS4 this time. Uh, it sounds like Holden, you did not enjoy this. <laughs> Dusty, it it's not like that I didn't enjoy it. It was fine. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was bad. Dusty, it sounds like you really, really love the game. Yeah, um, even going back to it, I played it on the Switch, um, and gotcha. even then, like, still enjoyable. I remember really, really loving this game, and now picking it up again on PS4, I think it is in desperate need of a remake. Like it, yep. it, it yes. is a game that at the time I remember being mind-blowing and so good, and there was so much good information, so much good... Uh, there was so much good in this game, but I feel like uh, we'll get into in just a moment... Every, there are so many things holding you back that are fighting against you this entire game. And I did not realize how lucky I was to play it on Wii with pointer controls for the very first time <laughs> coming to it with a dual shock. And it was, it was, a, it was a struggle. Uh, so hold on. I would love to hear a little bit more about your experience and what you uh, did and didn't like about it as we kind of start our discussion. Yeah. I think that your blurb on this is in dire need of remake is 100% how I feel. Um, it is in dire need of a remake. Uh, and I think it's mainly because my my first real Resident Evil game I played from beginning to end and finished was Resident Evil 7 and then Resident Evil 2. Just using Resident Evil 2 as the comparison, the the mobility in the game is so much higher than in Resident Evil 4. I constantly felt restricted and, and limited. And I know that survival horror games are supposed to make you feel like that. I just felt like it was to an unnecessary degree. Why can't I at least walk backwards while I'm shooting? Instead of having to stop loading, either turn around and run, or walk unnecessarily slow backwards. I just felt like they, it could have been smoother in, in that regard. Um, and I also felt like what I loved about Resident Evil 2 is it's smaller in scope. So like you're in the police station, which is the biggest environment in that game. But you're in the police station and you're exploring it. You're trying to figure out your way around it. And like, oh, okay, I found this door. It needs three little like slots to fill in. I need to go find those items. And then you're wandering about. And there's a horror in not knowing where these things are and not knowing, well, I want to go up into that area of the police station, but Mr. X might be up there because I think I hear his footsteps in that direction. So let me try to look in this other direction instead. And there was just like, a greater sense of place i think whereas in this game it's extremely linear and it's like oh yeah like you got to open up these three doors but don't worry we're gonna have like one little path you go down that collects all of them for you and the real challenge to the whole game is really just there's a bunch of dudes shoot shoot them and i kind of felt like that got really repetitive for me after a while because it was just too long I liked Resident Evil 2 being sh like a short kind of I can get through it kind of quick quickly experience and in this I just felt like okay why did there need to be f you know why did I need to find Ashley so early in the story and then keep losing her over and over and over again and then essentially like go to a segment of the game where it's like has nothing really to do with the story other than you're in the same place the story takes place in and there's a big monster that you need to run away from or so like it wasn't bad but I, the whole time I kept thinking this is overly long the combat feels limiting, and I feel like I really, really want a remake of this game that is streamlined in terms of the narrative and has that sense of exploration and um, controls of Resident Evil 2. If it does that, I think it could be the best Resident Evil game, hands down, because there's some really cool dynamics with like the enemy types where 
you, normally you want to go for the headshot because that's going to kill the enemy, but that headshot could actually be your doom because an Aplagus is popping out of its head, and if that gets close to you, that's now another obstacle. So like, there's actually some really cool things to consider in the combat that I really enjoyed. Um, I'd like it in a streamlined Resident Evil 2 kind of way. Yeah, I agree with uh, so much of what you said. The controls... Mm-hmm. Being still the tank controls, we we see things nowadays that third person over the shoulder perspective, and we expect it to not control like that. And right off the bat, I was like, "Oh, this is mm-hmm. going to take some getting used to," and then I never did. <clears throat> Especially mm-hmm. with the right stick being still moving the camera, but only like a foot in either direction. I was like, "Why even make that a thing?" <laughs> yeah, um, I just didn't even do it. Yeah, it wasn't even worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and again, yeah, aiming like to shoot. You have to stand completely still. You can't strafe while you're aiming. You can't back up while you're aiming. You can't move while you're reloading. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, like I feel like horror games have used their limited mobility as an excuse and saying, oh, no, that's part of the horror of it. And it's really just like, we can't do anything else because of technology yet. But uh, <laughs> I, there are other ways. They've shown with Resident Evil 2 that there are other ways to make the game scary and effective that I can't... I. I think there are there are legitimate rumors out there that number four is already being remade, and I, I think that's going to be such a boon for this game. Mm-hmm. I agree with mm-hmm. you too. <gasps> All right, we're back. Holden's not dead, and so almost though. <clears throat> where was I talking about controls? Talking about. I don't even remember. I, I think the last remember. thing I remember you saying was the um, horror games used the horrors, the, mo- um, the mo- lack of mobility is kind of part of the experience, but that was a limitation of the technology at the time. That's, yeah. kind of, that's the last thing I remember. Overall, oh, I was saying, uh, I think there's a, there's a remake in the works. There's like some legitimate rumors mm-hmm. that a remake is already in the works. Oh, so yeah. I'm very excited to see that. I think it's going to do a lot of really great things for this game. Oh, I was about to say, I agree. I feel like every single Resident Evil overstays its welcome by like 10%. And I feel like with this game, it was maybe more closer to 20%. Uh, But yeah, every single Resident Evil, no matter how long it is, whether it's a five-hour experience like Resident Evil 3 or whether it's 10 or 20, it's it's always just a little bit too long. Uh, And this was no exception for sure. However, Mm -hmm. I loved some of the cool things they did, like some of the El Gigante battles. Uh, The second one, how you have like the choice of, do I want to go try and fight El Gigante or do I want to go over here and and fight just a bunch of Ganados? And then there's like the the alien fight, like literally like Ridley Scott's alien at the kind of towards the end of the game. Like there are so many really cool things done in this game that I would love to see them updated and done in a 2020 way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Dusty, what are your what are your thoughts uh, again, I'm going to agree with both of y'all. There's a lot of stuff like the tank controls dig it sometime you used to. Um, I feel like because I spent such a long time into it, getting back to it, into it wasn't actually that bad for me. Um, but I did feel like when I was playing it after like recently just playing Resident Evil 2 and, um, also recently playing Resident Evil 6, which don't want to recommend that, but <laughs> the, at least having the mobility of actually moving around, like, okay, like, I was under the impression, like, okay, I didn't. I think a remake's not necessary when playing this against. Like, no, I want a remake. I want them to redo this combat um, and like redo it because being able like to just stay in one spot, which I didn't really like. I get why they did it at the time, but now it's like it's not necessary. But I did, all in all, really enjoy the playthrough of the game again. Like, it is 
I'm with you, Chad. It's a bit 20%, maybe too long. Like the whole castle part, I remember, is such a fucking slog. <laughs> Um, Especially because the entire castle part is nothing but an escort mission. And everyone yeah, knows honestly. escort missions are not fun. <laughs> and then, like, for some reason, you get to control Ashley for, like, ten minutes. And then, like, you don't do it again for the rest of the game. Um, and that part, like, you... In professional mode, which I'm doing on a second playthrough, the people chasing you, you can't even kill them by throwing the lanterns at them because you don't have enough lanterns. Anyways, um, I I really enjoy it because there's all there's all these little things in Resident Evil 4 where you could go back, and if you actually, like, it's linear, but if you go explore around, there's so many hidden things, so you could like, upgrade all your weapons and get all the cool weapons, and, like, in the castle, if you actually go back, you get a free broken butterfly uh, once you get Ashley, and that gun is, like, the best gun of the game, hands down. Um, and going through and finding all these hidden pathways to get, like, extra... Um, extra gold, extra, like, treasures that you have to combine and find all of them. Uh, and I really did like this, how this game set up, like, you could go through so much of this game without fighting shit. Like, you could go through and just fight the bosses, but it rewards you for doing all that extra shit. Like, that El Gigante fight, uh, when you're in the lava room, you could drop one of them in the lava pit, but you don't get that gold. You don't get, like, right. that 30,000 gold that you get from killing one of them. And with that, like, you know, I want to upgrade my Red 9 all the way so it's, like, boss, or upgrade the TMP, and, you know, upgrade my thing, like, I I really enjoy going through this because it reminded me of, like, when I was playing, like, a huge nostalgia factor, I guess. But, I, yeah, I, I could see this only being improved with the remake, and I would love that so much. Like, I truly enjoy this game. Yeah, it's also, it's a, the remake is going to be good, too, because it's so close to there. Like the little things that need to get fixed are things that are very obvious by today's standards that I think mm-hmm. the remake can only be incredible. I can't see I it, it would think it'd be more on par with Resident Evil 2 remake than Resident Evil 3 remake in terms of the excitement and the um just the overall level of um what's the word I'm looking for? I'm drawing a blank. People are just going to love it just as much. I feel like in the mm-hmm. aftermath when it's released. I I have a question for you, Holden. Yeah. What weapons did you use throughout the game? So I used four weapons mm-hmm. primarily. Um, uh-huh. I used the shotgun, the handgun, the rifle, and then at the very end of the game, I got the um, the butterfly, whatever that one was called. And because yeah, I had saved up, I had forty magnum bullets by the time I got to the final <laughs> boss. So like, I just <laughs> massacred them. <laughs> Uh, did that you was a stick very with good choice. the entry level of all of those things, or did you get like better versions of them? Oh, I leveled mm-hmm. them up and I I enhanced them. Mostly, most but did you get the firepower like, first? Did you did you stick with the handgun, or did you eventually upgrade to the red nine and then nope. handgun and, and just you, leveled up the handgun? Really? I read. Wow. I figured I okay. would have. Yeah, I figured. Um, I would have rather level up the, um, the firepower and like the clip size and all that kind of stuff and invest in that rather than mm-hmm. buying new guns. Because I was, I never had a really hard time with the combat. Like, any time I died, I'm like, yeah, I know what I could have done differently there. I never really felt the need to get a better gun, except when I played a little bit of one of the mercenary modes, I think Ada assignment, and she had the um, faster, or the, yeah, the faster rifle, where he doesn't have to cock the gun every single oh, time. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, should I really... Yeah. I really should have gotten that because the yeah. main rifle, it's powerful once you level it up. I mean, you can just do a headshot and take someone out instantly, but holy crap is it slow and just useless in boss fights as a result. 
<laughs> yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I used well, uh, the TMP was a staple for like crowd control. Oh, TMP, I had that as well. Sorry, I had that. So yeah. five guns. Is that I got the I didn't get the original rifle, but I got the semi-auto rifle in the castle. And once I got that, it was like whew, I could take out all of those guys one shot each. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ended up sticking with the red nine because it was a little bit more powerful. And then mm -hmm. I. I didn't. I saved up my magnum bullets like Holden, and I didn't get a magnum because my rifle was so strong until close to the end when the Killer Seven was available, and I got that, mm -hmm. uh, and pretty much breezed through the end of the game. And then I had the pump shotgun. I did not get whatever the one after that was, which was kind of more of a the mine launcher or something like that. Oh, so there's yeah, there's the the first shotgun. There's like the riot gun, as they call it. The riot gun. That's what I got. Yeah. There's the one with the big like twelve gauge. Like thing that's the striker, the striker. I did not get the striker. Yeah, mm -hmm. I. So like I was saying, I'm actually on my professional run through, and they actually made the combat just a bit harder for this. As in, like the enemies are a bit tougher, and there's more of them, and they change up how the encounters work throughout the thing. Like in the castle, when you go through the door, and there's like twelve people running at you. Like not only that, but on the rafters are like up the stairs. There's two people with arrows shooting at you the whole time, which was really annoying. Um, so I had to go back through that. Like I think that thing, that part in professional, I died 25 times in that level. <laughs> um, but I went back and actually um, I switched it up because in the first playthrough I stuck with Red Nine because I remember that being my favorite. The riot gun, TMP, and then the the semi-auto sniper, and then the broken butterfly. Once I got it. My first playthrough, I forgot to go back and get it, so I'd just buy one. But that I remember I leveled that up all the way towards the end and just like destroyed the final boss with it. Um, in professional, though, I'm using the striker and I'm also using the mind thrower, and I forgot how how fun the mind thrower is. Yeah, like it, it actually like if you hit someone early on, it actually kills the person you hit and explodes everyone around it, Ooh. and you could just level it up and get a higher capacity. Um, what ammo does the mind thrower use? It, it's its own ammo. Like once you pick it up, you start picking oh, it up. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I don't remember ever picking up mine ammo. Yeah, it's like that's what the game does. Like it usually caters to weapons you have, unless like like handgun ammo and shotgun ammo, you'll always be finding that. Yeah. But like if you have the rifle on you or the mine thrower or whatever, you'll start finding it um, on people you kill. Same thing with the magnum. You start finding it more often. I I really enjoyed uh, most of the guns. But I also always had a rocket launcher on me, <laughs> so I would I would constantly be like, "All right, I gotta eat this green herb. I don't need it right now, but I'm gonna eat it because I gotta make space for my my grenade launcher." Just because I th that made the very first El Gigante, he showed up and I just went dead, and then <laughs> the second like El Gigante Jones moment. <laughs> <laughs> the the double El Gigantes when they were both in the room, I just like. One dead, boom, drop the other in the lava, done. Didn't even get hit once. And then fighting Salazar when it was like oh the gosh, big giant ten yeah. tentacles and he's like Meh! in the middle of it, boom, one to his head and then like three rifle shots, he's dead. Ooh, and it was that like, would have been nice. That was a tough boss for me. Yeah, I didn't get hit once in that boss either. It was great. It was So <laughs> I always had a grenade launcher on me just for that because it was like, it's only 30,000. By the end of the game, like 30,000 is like not yeah. too bad. So. Uh, so I, I kept looking then, yeah. around. Go for it. I, 
I kept looking around. So I had a bazooka too, and I kept looking around for ammo for it. I'm like, oh, that's great. I have a bazooka. That's awesome. But I'm like, I, I didn't understand how it worked and the mechanic of it. So I'm like, I, yeah. I'm gonna, I need to say this. I'm not going to use the only bazooka shot I have. So I'm just going to save it <laughs> until I get more bazooka ammo. And then I get to the the lava pit area where I was stuck on when the first time I played the game. And I'm like, well, I might as well use the bazooka now to get rid of one of them because I, it's, it's the fourth chapter. It's time. <laughs> like, I can yeah. use this. I've had this for like three chapters now. Um, and then when it died immediately and the bazooka went away, I'm like, oh, they're like single kill like weapons and then you have to buy it again. And, but I never mm-hmm. bought one again after that because it just took up too much space. I did take I, Yeah, I, I've been thinking about it because there's the one that you get throughout the game just naturally. That's right, just yeah. like you can find one. Um, but like going to professional mode, like I was, there's one part where you like, I like towards the end of the castle, you come and there's those two like, like off-brand Wolverine guys that are chasing you. Oh gosh! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! That, yeah, that that fight sucks. I always use my rocket launcher during that fight. Um, but then right after, once you go through the sewers, I I regretted it because that dude chasing you, you can actually kill him um, by doing all like the nitro thing. But like without the rocket launcher, it's gonna use up all your ammo, and you'll you'll probably die before you get to actually kill it. Yeah, but if I you do that, that you get the other part like... to the crown. Ah. Uh... I remember that guy being able to die. And so mm-hmm. I, I did that. I knocked over all the canisters. I shot him constantly with my shotgun and then with my rifle. And I ate through so much ammo. And then by the end, I was like, shit, that was the last nitrogen can- canister. The door's open. Ugh, I'm just going to run. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about the um, quick time events. This was kind of right in the middle of that being really popular with God of War and Prince of Persia and all that kind of stuff. So they built it into here for like contextual things, not necessarily quick time, but like contextual, like climb up a ladder and that kind of stuff, but also to get you through cutscenes. I remember playing this for the very first time there was, I felt exhausted by the end of it because even during cutscenes, you can't take a breath, put the controller down. (laughs) It's like you have to, because at a moment's notice and they're unforgiving. They are like, if you miss one, you're dead. You have to go back and start either that sequence again or sometimes even like 10, 15 minutes yeah. worth of content again. Yeah. Uh, so my my hope would be with the remake, they either make those more forgiving and allow you to like miss a couple of them, especially during like the Krauser fight. Oh, oh gosh, yeah, that one sucks. <laughs> yeah. Although I remember no, loving it. I remember the first time playing through, I was like, man, that Krauser fight was so cool and the button prompts and everything like that and you had hit everything at the right time and you're fucking knife fighting everything. But then playing through this time, I was like, Jesus Christ, just let me make a mistake. <laughs> I died eight times against Krauser because I didn't have a lot of ammo by the time I got to him. So I constantly was like, okay, I have two grenades. I can use one of, the, one of those grenades to, to throw it at him and let me just knife him because I don't have ammo. <laughs> and that ended up working <laughs> better the, for me than using That's the ammo. trick, actually. That's oh, the, is it? Okay. His, secret, his weakness is your knife. Yeah. Yeah, the knife's actually like super strong against against him. him. Well, that worked out well then, because I didn't have a lot of ammo. (laughs) (laughs) He's chasing you around for a while, and I kept shooting him down while he's chasing after me. And I they had the final confrontation. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, there's no way. There's no way I can do this. I have two shotgun shells. (laughs) The only thing I can remember, I remembered it because I played it a long ass time ago and, and remembered it from there. But the only thing I remember hearing this playthrough that even gave you any inclination that that was a thing was when Leon tells Ada, oh, you should have brought a knife. It's better for up-close encounters, like, hours before you fight Krauser. 
I was like, yeah. is, was there anything in the game that indicated that you should use a knife against Krauser? I don't think so. I mean, usually not. That's how this fucking game is. Like, through once you go through the castle, like, did you know if you shoot out the kneecaps, you could suplex the people? Yeah, I freaking loved that. Wait, really? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, I had no <laughs> and, idea. Like, yeah, and like, oh, that's a, a great lot of way times... to save ammo. Just, I would do that mm-hmm. all the time. If it was only like one or two guys in the room, I would just take out my handgun, pop them in the knee, run up and kick them or suplex them, whatever it, yeah. the prompt was. And it would take them out without using a bunch of ammo. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's always satisfying because a lot of times their head just explodes. Yeah. Can we talk about the head exploding for a second? Because Holden brought up a good point <laughs> that these are not zombies. And everything we've been taught about zombies over the years in video games is that you're supposed to aim for the head. Mm-hmm. And then with this, suddenly, if you shoot off their head sometimes, Las Plagas come out, and then they're yeah. even worse than the regular guys. But I felt like there were there was no rhyme or reason as to when it was. Sometimes I would literally, I would shoot a guy in the knee, I would kick him, he'd be on the ground, and I would knife his knee, and then I would run up to him and just knife him. And as yeah. I'm knifing his legs, his head would pop off and become a Las Plagas. Or I would shoot someone in the crotch and their head explodes and becomes Las Plagas. I felt like there was no rhyme or reason as to when that would pop out. I, I don't know if there is. I feel like how the game is programmed, sometimes it'll just randomly select one for them to be a Las Plagas. But a lot of times you could avoid it if you just don't do headshots. Like sometimes it'll be easier, but I know through a lot of the game, if you don't do headshots, you encounter less of them. I think what happened is you were knifing at the knees and the Las Plagas is like in its like chest or torso kind of area and it goes, oh no, it's coming from below. Let me go up top and then it just pops the head uh, off. And it comes, that's yeah, probably yeah. what happens. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's how parasites work. Yeah. Yep. Especially <laughs> last parasites. That was some that brought a lot of attention enemies. to it. I That's what I it, loved about it. It was just the, the randomness to that, I think, is what freaked me out the most while playing the game. It made me more cautious in each scenario than I normally would have been. I was always looking for, like, is there a barrel around? Because that's going to be more useful. Don't just go for headshots, Holden. It's not a good idea sometimes. Or some enemies, <laughs> you literally can't shoot them in the head because they have some sort of, like, helmet on or something like that. Yeah. Oh, man, you remember the guys towards the end? Like, the giant ones with the hammers or the axes, I don't remember, in their hands? Mm-hmm. Those guys, and they have the armor everywhere. Straight up, mag yeah. them to the dick. Boom. That or even the, the sniper shot. Mag them to the head, they're dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for me, I never found enough, like, magnum ammo. So a lot of the time, it was just like I was relying heavily on the sniper rifle. Um, did, so my question is, like, for me, even this playthrough around, there's not a lot of the games that part of the game that I found scary. Like, like yeah. there wasn't like Resident Evil 2 has Mr. X. Mr. X freaks me the fuck out because I'm Absolutely. playing. I'm just like panicking the whole time. Like the only thing that gave me this kind of vibe was like the ones where you needed the thermal scope. Because yep. oh, they're yeah, just like ugly guys? and disgusting. You can hear them. It, yeah, they're that's just what up. I want to talk about the sound design in a second. But yeah, those the those types of enemies, I like them because they change up the style a little bit. It's not like just shoot it until it dies. It's like you mm-hmm. specifically have to aim for the plugus in their body. But I wanted yeah. to start a conversation. Like, what were some of the most challenging enemies for you, or the fun ones, or the scariest ones? What were some of your favorite enemies? Mm. Um, I honestly, I think. The, the the replicators is probably my favorite, just because it was a great twist at the end of the game, where it's like, hey, everything you learned doesn't matter here, and you have to have that infrared scope and and be yeah. careful. And if you don't shoot in the right place, like you wasted a bullet, even though it hit them. Like that was kind of a cool little uh, twist at the end of it. 
especially when before you get the infrared scope and you have no idea how to beat these things. You're just shooting and hoping you can run past them, but they regenerate so fast and then they can pull you in. I was like, holy shit, this is really <laughs> fucking intense. Um, that was great. Um, on the opposite side of that, the big brutes with the miniguns, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> they were horrible just because they were so tough. Yeah, I, I, I remember dealing with those a lot. Um, I, I would say, like, the most unique enemy is definitely the replicators in that thing because also, like, you have to put some distance between you, especially once you get to spiky dudes. Yeah. Because you're too close, they're just going to, like, ex- like like implode and hurt you with spikes. And, like, I remembered, um, like, because I played, like I said, I played this game, I remember, like, I needed to get that thermal scope, like, immediately and I had to go find it. But then, like, I remember I shot one and then there's three and they wouldn't die. And it's like, oh, shit, there's one in the back. And I have to mm-hmm. go deal with that. And sometimes if you just, like, shot through, you may hit it. But a lot of times you have to, like, even, like, shooting out its legs doesn't work. Because then it got so much faster, which fucking freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> I remember doing that. I shot out its legs. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me go ahead and reload my rifle. I can do all that. I can take my time because it's not going to. And then it just fucking crawls over me and starts yeah. like, eating my legs. I was like, what the fuck? So I didn't realize you could shoot at the legs until some, like, diary log I found was like, oh, and you can shoot at their legs. I'm like, that makes sense. But their first one that had it on its back, I'm like, because it, it was the one in the lab room, you had to kill it. It's, yeah. It's, and what I ended up doing was just bringing it over to the broken window, and I would jump over the window, and then it would fall over, and I would just try to time it right so I could shoot it right <laughs> as it's laying on the ground. But I kept missing because it was so fast, just going back and forth, back and forth. Because <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't even think to shoot out the leg and make it fall out that way. I honestly, I kind of like the Wolverine guys. The problem with the Wolverine guys is that they were like, the, the blind ones. Themselves. What? Yeah, the the, the blind, blind ones. ones? Yeah, the blind ones, yeah. Okay. The problem with them, like, them taking on them by themselves is fine. Like, you can shoot the bells, and they go to the bell, and you can shoot the thing on their back. And, the like, the trick being, as long as you don't run, they don't know where you are, so you can just, like, walk slowly, wait for them to kind of lose you, and then shoot in the back. But they were always in rooms with, like, five other guys that you have to shoot. And then you shoot, yeah. and you know exactly where you are. And that was obnoxious. That was not fun. And, obviously, mm-hmm. flash grenades don't work on them, like the flashbang, because... They can't yeah, see they it. can't see she. Blind them, but like them by yeah. themselves. The very first one you get in the basement, like oh, could you? Use, cool. This just just hit me right now. Could you use the flashbangs to distract them though? Like they hear the pop and they run towards it. I never tried it, so I don't know. I don't know. I no, they're they're just they're they just ignore. I, yeah, if oh, you okay. use the other grenades, yeah, like the um, the incendiary grenades are a great way to like give yourself some breathing room because mm-hmm. you throw it and then they actually fall down. It doesn't do a shit ton of damage, but. I, I will say those enemies on um, professional mode, they absolutely kicked my ass. Yeah. Because like when they run at you, like your head's gone. That's it. Oh, Even if you have like three quarters health. So I remember there that. are there are several yeah. moments of this game that are just like before I replayed it again that are just like burned in my when I think Resident Evil 4, I think the swamp monster that you had to fight. I think mm-hmm. the time that you're in the castle and they drop the cage and it's just you in that claw guy in that yeah. cage. I was, like, but I was dreading that moment the whole game going. I was like, I know this is coming sometime in this castle. I don't remember <laughs> where, but I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. And the lead up to it's like so like weird because you have to like shoot a bottle of wine for some yeah. random reason. I yeah. kept going back and reading the placards being like, oh, it says first break bread or something like that. So I guess I shoot the bread first, then go for something else. And it never worked. Yeah. I just got frustrated and shot the bottle of wine. And I'm like, oh, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I never got that. Like, even like reading back the little things, it didn't make, 
complete sense, but whatever. Uh, I want to mention one thing that I think is the thing that this game needs most, and I think the sound design is one of the most horrible parts of this game. <laughs> it is atrocious for a couple of reasons. One is that nothing is placed in space. Mm-mm. Like, if you walk into a room and there is a, a Ganado like, up on a balcony far in the back of the room, or there is one just to your left right beside you, no matter what, it's, ugh, sounds exactly the same to you. No change in volume here. as you get closer. There's no Aista. place. <laughs> yeah. If he's oh. if he's up on top of a ladder or if he's down below you, it still sounds like he's coming from the exact same way. If he's behind you or in mm-hmm. front of you, it doesn't matter. That was that was awful. Especially when you're looking for Ashley and you just hear Leon. Leon, Leon. help. <laughs> Leon. Leon, help. It's like Jason. Jason. It's just like that, yeah. but I have no idea where it's coming from and it turns out she's five rooms away from me, but it's not even yeah. her. It's a stupid monitor. <laughs> she's yelling yeah. through the monitor um and then also the replicators you're like there's one room i walked exactly, into and yeah. I, I i heard a replicator and i'm like okay there's a bunch of cages in this room is it in this cage is it in that cage like nope it's on the complete opposite side of this really long hallway and i would have had no idea playstation 5 the way that they cycle through the utterances like sometimes in a town ta- like in, in part of the village there will be one guy left somewhere and i can't hear him or I can't see him. I'm looking for him. But he will just cycle through different Ganado's utterances. So it'll be like, just going, ugh. And then there'll be another person's voice that goes, ah, ah. But it's the same exact guy. It's the same enemy. Yeah. And it just sounds like five different people. And it's like, well, then I was like, okay, there's a whole room of them somewhere. I got to make sure I get like my shotgun out or something. And it's just one dude throwing an axe on a hill. Yeah. <laughs> that I, so that, I think, is the, the biggest thing that needs to be changed or updated, aside from the controls. It's just they gotta they gotta fix that sound. If they if they gave it the Resident Evil Two sound design, that would oh, make yeah. this game so much better. Well, also, I mean, at this point, it's guaranteed to be next gen exclusive. If Resident Evil Village is going to be next gen exclusive, yeah, so is this remake. And man, like with Xbox's audio kind of rework and uh, PlayStation's audio rework, that's gonna be it's gonna be sexy. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so sexy. It would. I, I like would love to play this game next gen just because like seeing it and like even i will say it doesn't look terrible for when it came out yeah like no, even on the switch like it doesn't look bad it, to be fair it feels like like an early switch game like a, on like an indie switch game with how it looks <laughs> um but it wasn't that bad like playing on the switch is actually like fairly comfortable throughout the whole experience especially so i played on switch as well especially i played mm-hmm. most of the time late at night just in my bed with the lights off, just kind of curled up in bed with my Switch. Great way to play this game. Fantastic. Yeah, honestly. Um, um, one I, of my I wanted favorite to parts, point out... Oh, yeah, go for it. I just wanted to show because one of my favorite parts of the game, and I, I kind of feel bad for not mentioning it when I went through my kind of long, like, this game sucks, it needs to be remade. Um, that whole little tirade at the beginning. Um, yeah. The best part about this game is the set pieces. Like, being in the house that's being overrun. Like, totally memorable. That was another Great one of those moment. moments in my, that are burned in my brain. It's just like, fuck, I know there's going to be a time when I'm in this house and I'm just going to be bombarded. Every mm-hmm. chapter had at least one, but most had several great moments like that. And so like, I know that contributes to the longevity of the game and kind of being overly long. Like Some of the set pieces like weren't necessary, but they were all still great set pieces. Like when you're going through the different carts that are 
collapsing as you um, hit the security switches to open up a door, and then you have to make it back in time. Like moments like that, it's like you know that might not have been super relevant to the story and progress the story in a way that like I appreciated, but that was a really great set piece. Like there were tons of moments of the game that I will remember, and I hope they do justice when they remake the game, which I'm sure they will. What? How did you all feel about Mark dying at the end? The helicopter Is, driver? Oh, I, <laughs> I, like, I laughed so hard at that. That was like, the story is so ch- unbelievably cheesy. <laughs> like, I I died laughing at that scene because I'm just like, who's Mark? Has he been in this before? Why is Leon so upset? But the one that got me is, oh, there's this like, we're not going to call it the Illuminati, but it's going to be called the Los Illuminados. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder what they're alluding to. I have no idea. It's a total oh. mystery. I mean, was the Illuminati like that being like played around when that game came out? Oh, yeah. I guess maybe Lumin- 2005. Illuminati's been, uh, it was a real organization actually hundreds of years ago, which is kind of where the conspiracy mm-hmm. theory comes from. Yeah, I know. But like, I'm, I remember like it became a big meme like, I oh, want yeah, to say like 10 meme. years ago. But mm-hmm. I, maybe it was when 2005, which is like 15 years ago at this point, which yeah. is wild. Times maybe, circle, y'all. maybe the conspiracy theorists were just really heavily inspired by by Resident <laughs> Evil 4 and they came up with it. COVID oh, is totally. just the Los, the Las Plagas. It's all a conspiracy. I used to. And now this video has uh, been removed from YouTube and we can't post it on YouTube. <laughs> Thanks, Illuminati. You're the best. <laughs> I'm curious here, as before we kind of like wrap things up, I'm curious about whether or not this has inspired you to go back and play Resident Evil 5 or 6. Uh, those, This was the first one in kind of the series of those three that starts to take more of an action uh, rather than survival horror thing. Like Holden, you mentioned, there's not as many like puzzle-like elements. It's very straightforward. Uh, and it, mm-hmm. it focuses more on being linear and a, a kind of a action set piece experience rather than inventory management and ammo management, all that kind of stuff. So like after playing this, are you curious? Do you want to dip your toe in Resident Evil 5 or 6? Um, I know Dusty's already played them, so I feel like I, this is kind of geared towards towards me here um yeah so i a resident evil 5 i'm interested in doing because i f- i feel like i've heard that they they kind of make the mobility better like you can walk backwards while shooting i think in resident evil 5 i think i've heard that I before so. i honestly it's don't been it's been really. a hot minute since i played it but i feel like they're the, they like amped up mobility and make it a bit better yeah okay um it I'm also has co-op, co-op multiplayer in it yeah the co-op is interesting yeah. to me is that online because that would be cool oh, i, I think know. so I think I remember it being online, but I could be wrong. Like I said, I've, I haven't played yeah. it in years. I mean, it was 360, so it's not like... That yeah. That wouldn't be unreasonable, I don't think, for the time. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very interested in that aspect to it, but I know it's not going to be Resident Evil 2 style. I know that's going to go further into action. And by the time... like mm-hmm. I've seen reviews of Resident Evil 6, and I just don't have an interest. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of feel like I'm... I'm aware of Resident Evil 1. I've played Resident Evil 2 Remake. I've played Resident Evil 3 Remake. I've played 4 now. I haven't played 5, 6, but i played 7. It's like, I feel like I might as well just finish it yeah. and just do it. I'm in your same boat. Like, I don't feel the need to go back and play Code Veronica. I don't feel the need to mm-hmm, go back mm-hmm. and play, like, uh, whatever, RE Retribution or whatever it was. Revelations. Revelations. Revelations, that's it. Yeah. I feel like I don't need to do, but, like, 
I played five. I played through it a lot, and I actually really enjoyed that game. But I never played six, and this kind of does. I'm like, I'm almost there. I've almost played all the Resident Evils. I have not gotten to the end of Resident Evil one, and I don't think I ever will unless that gets a re re remake. Uh, as someone who was bored and found Resident Evil six on sale on the Switch, uh, let me tell you, it was interesting going further along with the Leon storyline. Like playing two and then going through four, and I did play a little bit more of six because I like, it's mostly like Leon throughout that. It's not good. <laughs> I could see it being like how Resident Evil Five, the multiplayer actually made that game so much better. Like by itself on its own, it wasn't as good because there's a lot of things where like, okay, the other AI has to do this. Like it wasn't much of an escort because they actually did help you like fight, but you relied on it so much. Six just takes that to another level. There's so many things where, like, oh, I need to move. Okay, you need to wait for the AI to come, like, 30 feet away from you and get to the store so you can both put your hand on it. Um, and the combat, just, like, the first five minutes of the game is just was me sitting down playing and just saying, what the fuck, every 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> like, that's that's not even an exaggeration. My partner's like, what are you playing? I'm like, I think Resident Evil. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But I, I could definitely see that being much more enjoyable as multiplayer. So, like, if you did, like, get it on the same system, like, I have it on the Switch. And it even has an option to do matchmaking, which I didn't do because I'm not, I'm not going to do that to someone else uh, that I don't know. <laughs> uh, but that, that storyline did progress, and it goes even further in with the Ada stuff, which, like, going back and playing Resident Evil 2, like, I get a bit more now. And there, there was actually some unique enemies in it. Like half, like three quarters of the way through the game, there's actually an enemy that was like really disgusting. I was like, okay, I want to get away from this as much as possible. But go, going from that and going back to four, I'm like, Resident Evil Four is so much better. Like yeah. it's, it's like night and day. The weird thing about six, just uh, obviously I haven't played it before, but like, is the switching between different characters. Like, I think what makes Resident Evil scary is you're always kind of with that same person. There's a sense of isolation, and is like, that must mm-hmm. be completely gone in six. Well, so the switching different characters is not really on switch. Like you play as mostly the same character, and you have a companion, mm-hmm. but they're their own storylines. Oh, okay. So I've only I've only played through the Leon storyline. I haven't played through anything else. Like gotcha, there's Ada, okay. there's Chris Redfield, and there's like the new guy that I always forget his name. It's fucking Jeff or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they're also like they advertise it as three different play styles. Like one of them is much more action focused. One of them is much more like puzzly, depending mm-hmm. on who, you're, which storyline you're playing at the time too. Probably, I, I imagine Ada's is probably story are puzzles. Chris maybe. Um, cause I've only played through like five all the way through with Chris. I didn't play the other ones with him. Oh, speaking of before we, before we wrap up, I'm curious, Holden, whether you got the chance to play the separate ways starring Ada, like the, there had so, been this, this like two storyline type of things in resident evil before, like with resident evil two, you could play as Jill or Leon and get different things. And then this one actually yeah. had like a completely separate second thing. But it wasn't part of the original game. It was added mm-hmm. in the PS2 port by whatever studio ported it. Like, it wasn't the original game devs either. Mm-hmm. I played the first, like, 15 minutes of it. I kind of I got the gist of it. Like, you're in the village. Leon's getting chased around. Even though when you run to where he is, he's never actually there. And you never actually see him in the town. But, like, he's kind of there in the background. You know what's going on. And, like, you find the key to unlock the door so that 
that Leon ends up going through later on, which is kind of cool because it's like, oh, like how did the door become unlocked? Oh, Ada did it for you. But I kind of was just like, I don't know. I kind of get the gist. She was going to go for that serum and I don't know. Like I just, the story is not really the reason why I play Resident Evil games because yeah. they're completely nonsensical. Like there's no point. I legitimately feel like they could have just named this a completely different series and it would have been fine. Like uh, this doesn't really have any connection to like Resident Evil two and three for me, uh, outside of the fact that you it's my... it's Leon. And it's so, like for that reason, story. I'm like, uh, just for that reason, Sorry, I just I'm like I don't need to. Yeah, I'm almost done here. I I always felt like I didn't need to play the Ada part because I'm like I'm only playing this for a story that I don't really care about. I get the game, I'm good, I get it. I'm curious about the story. One thing that I did not understand that I swear I heard it this way. Is it like in chapter one, or maybe it's like end of chapter one, beginning of chapter two, Sadler explains that their goal is to infect Ashley, have someone come <laughs> rescue her, take her back to the U.S., and then she'll eventually turn into a Gananos and then be able to like take, that's how they're going to infiltrate the U.S. and, and take over. <laughs> that's what I heard as the plan. And then Leon's coming to literally carry out their plan for them, save her, take her out to the U.S., and they're trying to stop him at every turn. And I'm like, he's trying to do exactly what you want him to do. And in fact, you even went so far as to tell him the plan. So now that whenever he gets her back, he knows he's got to figure out a way to get the Plagas out of her. And it's like, you should have just, in Chapter 1, let him take her and the game is over. The world ends. I, I think it's... Ex- explained uh <laughs> that there there had to do like there was a bigger part of the ritual so she could spread it more once like she oh, okay. she gets saved and leon kept interrupting the ritual there's that one point where like they're doing a bunch of ritualistic shit and you stop that um but even then like i don't get it like how is it going to spread faster she's already infected with it until like the part where radiation science and saves everything uh, and none of them have cancer, so you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> that that was the whole part I was most confused about. What happened to Umbrella Corp? Wasn't this just like this virus accidentally kind of broke out, but then Umbrella wants to use the situation to like have them attain more power or something like that? But then, like, what does this group in Spain have anything? The Los Illuminados in Spain have anything to do with any of that? I was very confused. Maybe I just missed something. Um, like, what is the connection between two and three, in, in this game? What I gathered from it is that the only connection I could see is that uh, Krauser and Ada were hired by Wesker. And they were... Probably. Yeah. Because they mentioned Wesker uh, like two or three times. I think that's explained more in the Ada story, which I didn't get a chance to play through yet. But I think that's like where you find out like more about Wesker because there's also like the mercenaries and you could get those unlockable characters. Right. Which is another thing. So Umbrella, I think, in the long run of all of this, like, doesn't really have much to do with the main story, but they have a, a lot to do with like the, uh, their little spin-off, their little offshoot of the story. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. To be know. continued in Resident Evil Village, which I'm sure will be, be very con- much connected to all the other games, just like all the other games Obviously. have been connected. Yep. <laughs> All right, we are running a little bit long. We need to get to our regularly scheduled programming of Respawn Aim Fire. This week's episode, which is 100-something, 177. Uh, Thank you, Dusty, for joining us. We will see you right back here in just a few minutes for our regular episode. I would love to hear what everyone else uh, thought about this game. Tweet at us. 
at Respawn Aim Fire. <clears throat> and remember, for next month and the month after, we are playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Nice. Of Justice. Killed the what? Justice League. Horizon Zero Killed Dawn. Killed the Justice Dawn. Super Which is a coincidence classic. because that movie is a zero out of ten. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you shortly for our regularly scheduled show. Goodbye.